We know it's difficult to decide where to invest first each year, but your farm and family depend on it. We want you to have your most successful season yet, and that's why we've cataloged over 12 million corn plants and 20,000 germinating seeds. Whether you're just beginning to monitor equipment performance or fine-tuning your equipment, our dealers are here to help. This is your year to know that you're doing the best you possibly can for your farm and your family. To find a precision planting dealer nearest you, visit precisionplanting.com. John Deere to New Holland. Just look at the load I'm hauling. Hard work, I hit it harder. Ain't nothing new for a backwoods farmer. Sun up to sun down. Backing up traffic all the way to town. Camo hat and a farmer's town. Cause I'm a working man. Welcome to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group, your innovative consumer resource and marketing partner of choice for the evolving agricultural community. Now, here's your host, Brent Adams. Welcome to episode 17 of Fast Line Fast Track, where we bring you the agriculture industry's biggest newsmakers and we bring true country music back to the country. On this episode, we'll talk with Grant Surrey of John Deere about the company's recent nod from the U.S. Department of Labor to start a program aimed at curbing the ag and heavy construction equipment technician shortage. We'll also travel to Pontiac, Illinois to talk with the folks from Precision Planting about the Precision Technology Institute Farm. And then we'll catch up with our good buddy John Schneider, who play a few tunes for us. You won't want to miss a moment of it. Let's go. Well, first up this week on Fast Line Fast Track, the farm and heavy construction equipment industry is facing a shortage of certified technicians, especially in the rural areas. And John Deere has created a new registered apprenticeship program to turn the tide. Here to talk about it is Grant Surrey, the director of Region 4 Customer and Product Support for John Deere Ag and Turf. And Grant, we appreciate you taking the time to join us on Fast Line Fast Track. Thank you for having me, Brent, and I uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk about our apprenticeship program. It's an exciting uh, new addition to our ability to have a technician pipeline across the uh, the country. So John Deere has long had a tech program and it's been very active at the post-secondary level, but this new registered apprenticeship program really takes it a step further, doesn't it? Yes, that's true. We, we have a series of John Deere tech programs at local community colleges across the uh, country. And we also have programs in Canada as well. And uh, what that does is gives us a very effective training pipeline to develop the skill set of technicians that come into our dealer channel to be able to support our customers with the very sophisticated precision ag equipment we're bringing to market today. And I guess the important distinction of this program is that it's been vetted and approved by the U.S. Department of Labor, which makes some funds available for apprentice recruitment and retention of potential employees. That's correct, and and it's a complementary program to the John Deere Tech program as well as, as other technical training programs. An apprenticeship program is made up of a few different pieces, right? The the business has to be involved, the dealerships, they need to engage and set up a program locally to do that. And they need to have a structured on-the-job training program that actually actually gets the hands-on experience at the dealer, as well as a related instruction program. And that's where the John Deere Tech program comes in. We've designed this program to complement that that formal classroom training along with the uh, on-the-job training that they get. 
And that enables, to your point, that national occupational certification that uh, recognizes the skill level of the technicians that uh, work in our dealer channel. So under the structure of the program, John Deere Ag and Turf and construction and forestry dealers can collaborate with the existing John Deere Tech program, but also K-12 schools, community colleges, labor organizations, economic development groups, and foundation and workforce development boards. How is John Deere being proactive to let those entities know the program exists? And what kind of response have you gotten from dealers early on once they find out about this? Sure. So we're, we're reaching out with this uh, press release and then through interviews like the one we're having right now to, to let folks know that that's happening. We've obviously shared this very extensively with the dealers to be able to set up their local programs and through the dealers' ongoing recruiting programs to keep the pipeline uh, full for their service shops, they're they're able to uh, promote that. To your point, locally with the uh, the high schools and community colleges and the John Deere Tech programs and other pipelines that they've got, they have developed locally. So. Pretty, pretty extensive uh, effort to, to get the word out. And so for potential techs who might be listening to this, just to describe it for them, this is an Earn As You Learn program, and one of the really special things about it is that when you enter the program, you're assigned a mentor, somebody who's been down that road to make sure they can pull you along so you're not just out there trying to figure it all out on your own. True. The the mentor part of the apprenticeship is, is again, that uh, – master technician in in the field that has years and even decades of experience sharing that with that uh, new entrant to the field and that accelerates the ability of that person coming in to understand what the best practices are and and, uh, how to be efficient in the work they do and to work safely and you know understand what customers want when uh, they're performing work on their equipment those sorts of things so it's a interesting and uh, neat part of the program is that relationship and and sharing that happens there with the uh, the, you know it's the again the master technician and the apprentice technician uh, learning together as they work through the -the on-the-job training and upon completion of the program they receive a nationally recognized journey worker certificate so the skills are transferable and you've got standardized training so if you're to go down the road somewhere throughout the united states whoever hires you knows they're getting consistency and quality the, uh, the, the that's the value to that uh, technician is is they have that uh, broad recognition of their skill set and and it is portable as people uh, move through their careers and and uh, choose to uh, move to other parts of the country for instance they can uh, take that certification along with them and uh, this is very similar to any of the other skilled trades apprenticeships like an electrician or a plumber or a pipe fitter those sorts of things where where there is that uh, acknowledgement that they have an in-depth skill within that trade. And one of the things I found fascinating is that even though the program largely focuses on technicians it's not limited to technicians you also have other facets of the program for folks in sales parts, accounting, and other areas of the business. It can be adapted to other uh, skill sets within the within the marketplace, absolutely. And uh, it is flexible. And Deere's intent here was to set up the template, the infrastructure, for our local dealers to 
create a program and not have to do all of that background up front and they can they can choose to expand it into other roles beyond just the technician in the service shop. So what kind of goals has John Deere said? Does the company have any specific targets in mind for the number of technicians that you want to see enter the marketplace over the next few years? We do and it, it reaches into the thousands. <laughs> With the scale we have today we have more than 10,000 technicians in the uh, ag division and thousands of them in the cnf division through the channel and uh, the turnover through retirement or people moving into supervisory roles things like that means that we need to fill several thousand jobs a year so so it's a broad and open uh, opportunity for people to uh, get into the into the technician trade that's for sure well grant we sure do appreciate you taking the time to explain the program to us and if folks want more information where can they go to learn more about it they can visit either johndeer.com and look at the uh, the the trades and uh, careers link on our website, or they can visit their local John Deere dealers to ask about uh, technician and other uh, career opportunities, as well as the uh, dealer web pages themselves. So they, they have that opportunity to look in several places to see uh, where they may find an opportunity that fits their uh, their desires and skills. Well, we want to make sure you check out that website and learn more about the program. And Grant, we hope to catch up with you down the road and hopefully hear some positive results. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share our uh, new apprenticeship program with you and have a good day, Brent. All right. Thank you much. That was Grant Surrey with John Deere. And now we head to Pontiac, Illinois, where this summer hundreds of farmers from around the world will visit Precision Planting's Precision Technology Institute farm. There they'll learn how Precision Planting's high-tech tools will help them better manage their inputs and maximize their yields. There's a detailed agronomy session, a ride-and-drive, and classroom time that allows them to hear from the experts behind the technologies. The folks from Precision Planting recently invited us to the PTI farm to check it out for ourselves, and we came away very impressed. While there, I had a chance to talk with a few of the folks who make the farm a success, as well as a couple dealers and customers who were invited to the farm as well. Back on Fast Line, Fast Track, I've got Jason Webster, who's a commercial agronomist and uh, runs the PTI farm here for Precision Planting. And Jason, welcome to Fast Line, Fast Track. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Well, when you, when you come in here off the interstate, uh, it's kind of amazing for your eyes to behold what you guys have started here at uh, Precision Planting. But uh, you have created a really fun experience where, where guys can come here and dig in the dirt and learn about the latest in technologies that you, that you offer. Uh, just tell us about how all this came together first of all well it's all about location 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 right and uh, here in Pontiac they built a brand new Hampton Inn hotel right around some ground that the city of Pontiac managed and so once they started building the hotel we thought wow this is exactly what we're looking for we've got a spot right along the interstate 25,000 people go down this interstate every day we've got a hotel now that's only 80 miles from Chicago O'Hare Airport close to Bloomington close to Peoria close to Champaign and we've got some of the best ground in, in really central Illinois here. So we thought, wow, we've got really everything that, that could come together here. Let's put a research farm together where guys can learn. We can offer some really good education, but practical hands-on experience at the same time. So that's what this farm is all about. We show growers problems, agronomic problems in the field, and we talk about how we, how we fix those problems with solutions that involve precision planting products. 
So how do farmers get here? How do they find out about it? And uh, what steps can they take to make sure that they get here? Well, two ways guys can find out more about this PTI farm. One, our website at precisionplanning.com. And uh, probably the best way to do it, though, is is through a Precision Planning premier dealer. We have dealers across the country, really across the world, and uh, customers can go to their dealer, talk to them. And then the idea is that our dealers bring farmers here, and it's kind of a VIP event. We don't have a field day here where we have thousands of people that come here every day. We have 80 people a day, and we run all summer long. Why do we do that? Because it's all about the experience. We have what we affectionately call the sandbox area out here where we bring in the, the latest tractors, the latest planters, all new technology, and we give growers the keys to this equipment and say, here, you go try it for yourself compared to the equipment that you have and see if it might be a good fit for you. That's what brings us all together, and it was kind of the missing link that we really needed with an on-farm research facility. And if you get jacked up by this kind of stuff, this is kind of the Disney world uh, for, for farmers. You get in here, and he's not lying when he says uh, uh, it's close to the Hampton Inn. Uh, uh, we were here. We literally walked out the uh, the hotel door, walked around the corner, and, and back here about uh, 150 yards, and we're right there. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You stay at the Hampton real close. I mean, you're literally on the grounds. You, you wake up in the morning. You can have a breakfast there at the hotel. You open the doors, and you are right here on the research farm. So that was a big component. And that's why kind of we're here surrounding that hotel. 80 rooms, it works out perfect for our customers. And a lot of what we focus on here on FastLine Fast Track is, is giving uh, farmers uh, the tools they need to do their jobs better, to, uh, to save on input costs, to be smarter about where you're putting seed, where you're putting fertilizer, uh, how, how you're getting stuff out of the ground. And, and that's really your wheelhouse. That's exactly right. We talk, we'll have the, the, the farmers come into our mobile learning center and we tell them right off the bat, we are here at this farm to challenge the status quo. There's things on our farm that we think is the right thing, but how do we know if we're not comparing it to other ways of implementing it agronomically? Is there a better way of doing it? We test all kinds of things on this farm, and you know what? We're going to lose on some of them. They will not be better than the current status quo right now, and that's okay because that tells us we're doing a good job. But what if we find something that is better? Maybe it makes us more yield. Maybe it doesn't make us more yield, but it makes us more money, makes us more profitable. And that's what growers need to take a look at at this farm. And you take a spring like we had in 2019, how easy was it to put plots in or try new things? It was just hard to plant the crop in general. So growers can come here, take a look at the technology, the agronomics, and it's all free, which I really like. You know, when it comes to equipment, how do you demo this stuff? It's not like buying a pickup truck where you can go down to the dealer down the road here where they'll let you test drive this thing or keep it for the weekend maybe. How do you do that with a planter? How do you do that with, with one of these tractors? We allow growers to come out and just test drive this equipment and get a feel for it, experience it, and see if it's something they might like. It's 7 o'clock in the morning, and I love this guy's passion. He, he, he's up and he's ready to go. And I tell you what, just looking around the grounds here, uh, you talk about a rough spring 2019. Uh, you guys are doing some stuff right here. What you got here looks pretty amazing. Well, it was a tough spring. There's no doubt about it. There was challenges, but we got through it. We got everything planted. Now we're going through a, a drought stretch here. We've had uh, we've gone four weeks without a measurable rain here at all. So we are irrigating as fast as we can. One of the things we implemented this year was a water recycling project. We actually dug a reservoir. We put field tile in to drain the water into the reservoir, and now we're pumping that water back out to irrigate our crops while we're hot and dry. So recycling rainwater is one of the, the really neat things of, of kind of sustainability on this farm. 
Excellent. Again, if folks want to know more about what you're doing with Precision Planning, where can they go to find out that information? You bet. You can go to our website at precisionplanning.com. You can kind of see what we're doing specifically by going to backslash PTI. Or again, go to your local premier planting, precision planting dealer, and they can get you all set up with how to come here to the PTI farm. Excellent. Well, this guy is uh, the busiest guy around here today, so we're going to let him get back to work. But uh, Jason Webster, we appreciate you taking the time to join us on Fast Line Fast Track. You bet. Thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. Next, I had the opportunity to speak with a precision planting dealer about his experience at the PTI farm. Back on Fast Line Fast Track, we're here at the PTI Institute in Pontiac, Illinois for precision planting. And I'm here with one of precision planting's dealers. It's Travis Harry with iPrecision Agriculture, McLeansboro, Illinois. Travis, Welcome to Fast Line Fast Track. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. So, so you guys uh, have the opportunity to send uh, customers out here to get the uh, real sense of how you put all the precision planting technology into practical application. Since this farm has, has come online, you've been able to do that. What kind of benefits have you seen for your customers? All the, the benefits have been huge. The experience is unlike any other. Uh, they're able to come here and not only see what happens that improves, but they're also able to see failures if there's any. They can take that and implement it back on their own farm, and it's real life scenarios on a large scale. It's it's just it's different than anything else you will find. And of the 50 plus test plots that they have, it, when you drive through these fields and look at the corn and soybeans, there's so many different variables that go into it. So there's really something that if one thing doesn't resonate with the customer, it seems like there's something right around the corner that will really speak to their specific situation. Yes, I agree. Um, not every farm is the same. Not every geographic location is the same. And here at PTI, they do the best they can do to replicate fields and problems and issues that everybody has day to day and it's really it's really hands-on good detail and I even had one of my growers at lunch today tell me it's very easy to understand what they're teaching you. So from your standpoint since this is open how, how many folks have you brought through here? Uh, since the start, uh, this is my first group this year. Last year I had a couple groups, so I've had about 20 people here, 17 to 20 people here, including some people from our dealership. So, And it's well worth it. It's, it's a great experience, and the conversation is full on the way home the entire time. Um, and it really opens eyes. Well, you led me into my next question, which is these guys do a great job of setting the uh, ball up on the tee, and then it's your job to uh, take it back to McLeansboro and uh, knock it down the fairway. So uh, well, what's the approach there? Educate. Help growers get better. Um, find problems with the tools that we have to find them, whether it's with sensing, downforce, help the grower become better. That, that is the main objective. So if folks want to know more about your dealership, where can they go? You can go to iPrecisionAg.com. Super. Well, Travis, we appreciate you taking the time to join us on Fast Line Fast Track, and uh, we wish you uh, much success. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. I also had the opportunity to speak with a couple farmers who were at PTI for the day, uh, the first being Drew Crawford. Back here at the Precision Planning Technology Institute here that they've set up in Pontiac, Illinois, it's Brent Adams, Fast Line Fast Track, and I'm with Drew Crawford, who is a farmer from Norwalk, Iowa. And Drew, thank you for taking time to join us. Uh, thanks for having me, Brent. So you were just up in the cab of a uh, Fent tractor with the uh, Precision Planning uh, 2020 monitor. Uh, have you had any experience with that coming into this? I have not, actually. Uh -huh. 
So what did you think about uh, the ease of use and uh, just your experience in that cab? Uh, it's very easy to use. They had it all set up, uh, pretty much just push the button and go. Uh, we were able to map down for singulation, see all that right real time on the screen. So tell us a bit about your family's farm. Uh, so we got a farm in southeast Iowa, actually. We do about 1,500 acres down there. Uh, typically run a John Deere planer, 1770. So the one we were in was a little different, but very similar. And now how many generations have you guys been farming? Oh gosh, four now. Super. And, and, and what, what are you farming? Uh, corn and soybeans. So uh, what, what uh, brought you here to PTI? Uh, actually got a Kimberly Ag Consulting brought me down. Uh, they do a lot of precision, uh, sell a lot of those products, and so I figured I'd come check it out. How has this kind of technology changed the business for, for your farm and other farms like it? Oh, it, it's amazing what the technology does nowadays. Um, at the beginning of the show, they were talking about you can't always do what you've always done and expect different results, and just technology really proves it year in and year out. Every time we add a new piece, it seems to always pay for itself. Have you seen anything here that will uh, uh, make you go back and, and challenge what you're doing on the farm now? Uh, lots of things. I'll probably forget half of them, but hopefully I'll come up with a few. Uh -huh. As we see this big fent uh, rumbling past us here, kicking up a cloud of dust that you can't hear on, uh, on the radio or podcast side. but. Uh, Ooh, it's dusty out here after uh, having just uh, tons of rain. I'm sure you guys have had that in your area, too. Uh, last uh, month or so, it's been a little dusty. It has been very dry. I think we got about a tenth of an inch is all. Uh -huh. So uh, how is everything looking on your farm in your part of the country? You know, there's some good stuff, and there's some poor-looking things, but we might be all right this year. We'll see. Excellent. Well, Drew, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the show, and uh, uh, best of luck to you as we uh, get ready for harvest season. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. I also had the opportunity to speak with Lucas Keitzer of Minnesota, who not only is a precision planting dealer, but also is a farmer. Back on Fast Line Fast Track here from the Precision Planting's Precision Technology Institute in Pontiac, Illinois. And I'm with Lucas Keitzer. He's with Crystal Valley, which is a precision ag dealer. He's at a Crystal Lake, excuse me, Lake Crystal, Minnesota. Want to make sure we get that right. And uh, a precision planting dealer and also a farmer, uh, farming corn and soybeans. Well, Lucas, uh, welcome to Fast Line Fast Track. Thank you. Have, have you had a chance to come down here before? Is this the first time? Uh, this is uh, my second year here. We were down here last year as well. Okay. How have you seen uh, things change and evolve since you were down here last year? Yeah, it looks like they got a lot of great new uh, trials that they're doing um, and uh, a lot of great ag agronomic information coming out of here. Uh, yeah, along those lines, just taking a look at, I uh, uh, kind of jokingly refer to Jason Webster, he's kind of a mad scientist out here. This guy's got throwing all kinds of different variables together, all kinds of different combinations. So from a dealer standpoint, if you're bringing customers in here, if one doesn't apply to them, it seems like they would find something that would. Yeah, it's amazing. Jason does a great job out here. Uh, you couldn't find a better guy to uh, do the work around here and, and set the trials up. He's very passionate about what he does out here. Um, He's a lucky guy. He gets to have a lot of fun out here. He's kind of a, uh, a kind of his baby out here. Yeah, it seems like they give him carte blanche to really get in there and, and experiment. And some things work well. Some things don't, as it would be sometimes. Yeah, um, you know, with the weather this year, I'm sure he had his struggles. Um, 
but he worked through it and did a great job putting everything together and getting everything in the ground. So as a dealer, when folks come to you and they're looking for ways to, to trim costs, save on, on inputs, make sure you're getting that seed exactly where it has to go, get, getting your, your uh, uh, fertilizer exactly where it needs to go, what are some of the, the common and key questions that you're asked? Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk lately. Uh, um, liquid nitrogen has been a big topic that we've had a lot lately. Um, trying to split that end up a little bit. Um, as far as uh, planter maintenance, um, uh, really hitting that seed depth, uh, getting that furrow closed real nice. A uh, lot of, lot of uh, talk about that right now too. And Precision has some incredible tools to get that done? Yes, they do. Uh, really excited, really excited about uh, furrow force coming out here. I think that's gonna be a great tool moving forward. Uh, the smart depth, I think, could be a, another great tool to use. We did uh, beta test of that, and it looked like it's going to work really well. How have you seen the benefits of precision planting on your own personal farm? Uh, just to, to be able to see what's happening in the ground, I think, is the biggest tool uh, to know where we need to make adjustments to the planter um, and where to, where to spend our money to get the, uh, the best return. So you guys are uh, into the third generation there at your family farm, but uh, just a couple generations back, uh, th th they were putting seed in the ground and uh, praying a lot. Yeah, you know, uh, that's where the 2020 comes in. Uh, you get to see what's going on. You don't have to maybe pray quite as hard. Um, and it, it, it just really gives you that vision that you need to know that you're, you're doing the best job you can. You don't get many chances to plant, and uh, you need to make sure you're doing it right the first time. Well, Lucas Keitzer, I know you got a busy day planned here at uh, PTI, so we want to get you back on track here, but we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Fast Line Fast Track and uh, wish you the best of success this season. Appreciate it. Thank you. I wrapped up my day at PTI by talking with Mike Schlitt, who is a region manager for Precision Planting, and thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with him, and I hope you will too. Back on Fast Line Fast Track at the Precision Planting PTI Institute in Pontiac, Illinois, and I'm here with Mike Schlitt, who is the uh, uh, region manager for Northern Illinois and Southern Wisconsin for Precision Planting. And Mike, thank you for taking the time to join us on Fast Line Fast Track. Hey, glad to be here and glad glad to have you with us. And you guys have set up just an incredible facility here. Uh, what started out as uh, just a bunch of land around uh, an emerging Hampton Inn hotel it has become a field of dreams for uh, farmers and, and for your company. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, what we've put together here and, and the team that we have behind it, yep. So uh, you've got uh, now almost 300 acres, is that correct? Yep, 315, that's right. And more than 50 test plots where uh, you, you guys come out here and uh, test different depths, different uh, hybrids of, of, of corn and soybeans, and, uh, and then you bring uh, uh, dealers and, and farmers through here to just uh, have a better understanding of the technology that you produce and how, how it works with, with many different variables. That's right. So what we look at is, you know, in the course of a season, and, you know, your typical grower is going to have probably about 20 events that they, that they have options to go to. They're only going to pick maybe one or two. We want to make an experience here. You know, we've got the 300 acres, 10% uh, of that. We've got 30 acres. It's literally a ride and drive. So we're creating an experience. So beyond just the plots, um, you know, how the products work. Technology is one of those things that's really, uh, it's tough to see how it's going to work until you've really gotten to try it. And that's what we do. We put them right in the driver's seat. 
and we let them experience that product, experience planting, you know, anywhere from five mile an hour to try 10 mile an hour. We've got our standard, you know, our factory OEM planters side by side. Um, and, and then we build in the sensing so you can see it. And then we've got another planter set up where you can see it and you can control it. So when you really start building all that in, it's kind of the saying, we're trying to eliminate the, the you don't know what you don't know phrase. And we're trying to show you, because once you know, you can make a difference. You can manage it differently. And then we have the tools that give us the ability to make those management decisions. And when you come out here, it's, it's not just a bunch of salespeople trying to force stuff down your throats. You've got some world-class agronomists out here who, who have, have really gotten their hands dirty and experimented and really have kind of carte blanche to come in here and create and uh, you're getting some really incredible technical knowledge from, from just uh, world-class uh, folks. Yeah, I mean, we've got Jason Webster, we've got Aaron Herman, uh, um, Corey Mulbauer as well as far as the agronomy side, but actually every one of us, even on the sales side, has gotten in, and we've all played that agronomy role because we're all learning by doing, um, and, you know, I know the end result is, is product-based, but everything we've done to get to a product all started with agronomy. I mean, that's where it all originated. And, and we should say for, for anybody who's hesitant, if they're ever approached about taking one of these tours because they're, they're afraid it's going to be a hard sell, it couldn't be anything further from the truth. Oh, I mean, we've got beautiful weather here in Pontiac, Illinois. And yeah, I would encourage anybody to come out. No pressure, nothing. Just come and learn with us right beside us. See what Jason's trying. You know, there's things that we know may not pay off. There's things that will, you know, instead of taking that risk on your farm, come out, learn with us on our farm. And in many of the regions in the country this year, it's been well chronicled, very wet, very hard. A lot of the stuff that, that went into the ground here in Pontiac uh, didn't go in until uh, late May, early June, and it's still looking pretty fabulous for that. But uh, uh, what technology has been able to do is really to, to help uh, bring, bring along late emergers and, and help you to kind of salvage uh, what's left of the growing season. And uh, uh, you've got uh, a bit of that here that you want to talk about. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. One of the most costly things that we find, especially in the conditions that we ran in this year, where, I mean, we just didn't have ideal conditions. And so you're doing the best that you can. And so it gives us the opportunity to create mistakes and we can learn from those mistakes. So the biggest thing that we saw were late emergers. And again, one of the most costly things were late emergers. And I actually have a, a comparison here. So as we're looking, when I'm walking in a field and I'm going and I'm looking for late emergers, it's pretty evident as I'm walking along because I can see basically the stage where everything else is. So at this stage right here, you know, this is what I would expect to see. And so a couple things I look at is the height of the plant as I'm going through the field, as I'm walking down a row. And then also look at the, if you look here at the stock diameter, you can see how much narrower it is. So those are the biggest uh, kind of eyesores that you'll notice um, as we look at that issue. And, and so as we look at this, you know, we're not even gonna have an ear here. So this is a non-producing plant, which basically creates a yield robbing issue. And then here, you know, we just are, are, are putting on an ear. Um, and so as we're looking at yield robbing issues, um, you know, that's costly. And so the things that can create those issues is basically running in conditions like we did this season where we're creating compaction, where you can't actually relieve enough weight. Um, and so with that said, you know, we're looking at, at a system where we can monitor downforce and then manage downforce. So like we have Delta Force, where it'll actually relieve hundreds of pounds of weight on the row and actually transfers that weight to the bar. 
Um, and so then we're not creating that sidewall compaction. Um, and then some of the other issues that we run into is if we don't have enough moisture, we can have that kind of problem too, where we actually needed to plant a little deeper. That wasn't the case this season, is that we were had too much moisture and we're creating that compaction. So yeah. So if people want to find out more about the technology here or track down uh, their nearest precision planting dealer, where, where can they go? Yeah, so they can actually go to our dealer locator on www.precisionplanting.com. And then if you want to learn more about the PTI research farm that we have here, you'd go to www.precisionplanting.com slash PTI Pontiac. And I would encourage you that if you ever get a chance to, to go check this out, go, go online, check it out, but then make sure you go uh, come check these guys out because they're doing just some really super cool stuff. And they do a great job of really giving you kind of a, a behind the scenes look uh, with some of the, the, the best agronomists in the business that, that understand this stuff. So get out here to the uh, PTI Precision Planning. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Fast Line Fast Track. Thank you, Brent. Appreciate it. We know it's difficult to decide where to invest first each year, but your farm and family depend on it. We want you to have your most successful season yet, and that's why we've cataloged over 12 million corn plants and 20,000 germinating seeds. Whether you're just beginning to monitor equipment performance or fine-tuning your equipment, our dealers are here to help. This is your year to know that you're doing the best you possibly can for your farm and your family. Find your Precision Planting dealer today at precisionplanting.com. And now we have a real treat for you. Earlier this year, we talked to our good pal John Schneider about the 40th anniversary of the Dukes of Hazard, on which he played the iconic country cousin, Bo Duke. Today, we catch up with him to hear some of his great traditional country music. Our schedules couldn't mesh up to get him down to the legendary Ernest Tubb record shop, but we caught up with him recently at the Shepherdsville Music Barn in Kentucky, where he shared the bill with one of our previous guests, Gary Brewer and the Kentucky Ramblers. Don't forget to visit our great friends down at the Ernest Tubb Record Shop, 417 Broadway in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, next time you're down there. But in the meantime, please enjoy our visit with John Schneider. Fast Line, Fast Track. We're here with the first ever two-time guest on Fast Line, Fast Track. It's my buddy John Schneider. John, how are you? I'm doing great, doing great. So uh, we've been trying to get him down in Nashville, but he's been so busy with everything going on that uh, so uh, we got him in our backyard. So we decided, man, we're going to take the show to you here. Love it. Love it. I had a great time tonight. What a beautiful theater this is. Uh, you know, so funny. I drove up and I felt like I was driving up to the boar's nests. Uh-huh. Because it looks much smaller out there than yeah. it does in here. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of theater in this building. I yeah. love it. So you've had a busy couple months since we talked last. Oh, yeah. uh, it was 90 degrees here today, but uh, we're talking Christmas now. Well, we're talking Christmas cars, yeah. We're doing a movie uh, called Christmas Cars in Louisiana. Uh -huh. And I'm very excited about it because it's, uh, you know, people keep asking me, uh, why don't you do another Dukes? Well, I don't own the Dukes. I can't. But... I can do a movie about a guy who was on the show who now is trying to save his farm by selling little cars. So we're doing a movie called Christmas Cars. I'm very excited about it. And something cool, uh, when you get back to Holden here, you've got a special uh, gift waiting on you that I I've know, been seeing. I finally get my car. My yeah. car is there. And that's going to be the car star of Christmas Cars. Okay. So that the, uh, the car that Alicia and Chance got me for my birthday uh -huh 
is going to be the car that my character, whose name is not Uncle Jesse, but Uncle Denver, yeah. because God rest his soul, I love me some Denver pile. Yeah. So I play Uncle Denver, and the car that, that uh, she got me for my birthday is the car that's going to be in my garage in that movie. Uh -huh. So I'm very excited about it. So I was totally bummed out. My uh, daughter had her birthday on the same weekend as your party, so, you so didn't I didn't. So I didn't get to come. Oh, well. But I sat right. there on the couch watching as you took the generally up over the top. What was that like, man? That jump. It was great. Yeah. It was great. It didn't hurt. Uh -huh. uh, I wasn't afraid because Jack Gill was a coordinator and James Smith built the car. They said I'd be fine, so I figured I would. Yeah. It was and smooth. yeah. It was, it was, it was great. Yeah. And uh, they had me land just perfectly, so it, it, was, it was terrific. We're actually gonna use that jump mm -hmm. in Christmas cars. Okay. We had eight cameras rolling on that jump that day. Uh -huh. So pretty cool. And did you see uh, James blow up the, uh, do the turnover in the police car the yeah. next day? Yeah. It was so much fun. Dude, you had helicopters out there oh, the whole yeah. night. It was great, yards. it was great. What a great birthday. Man, yeah. that's exciting. So uh, on top of that, the haves and the have-nots is back? It's back on the air. And uh, of course, we're on every Tuesday night. Still the number one show on cable on Tuesday nights, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah we've got uh, still like three and a half million people watch that show. And to have three and a half people watching anything that's not Game of Thrones yeah. is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. And if that's not enough, man, you're just out touring the country doing what you love. And, uh, man, I, I was so excited to see the smile on your face just doing this music. I love it. I love it. And that's Alicia's fault. So I'm, I'm very, very thankful for her yeah. and for her encouraging me to get back into, uh, into music. Like I said, we've done 100 songs now. Yeah. How amazing is that? That's, that's more songs than many people do in a career. And we've done it since, 2000, since the end of 2016. Yeah, yeah. And we got more coming. We just did a gospel album. Uh, we did a, a, another one that's uh, called the Redneck Rebel. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're just moving on, doing it. And on top of that, you just came back from uh, Kid Rock's uh, uh, big soiree. Cruising the, or, or, yeah, the big deal in the, in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. We were there. Yeah, it's been kind of an amazing couple of months. Yeah. Have you slept at all? No. <laughs> no, and I was just in uh, in uh, Louisville yeah. doing a movie called Switched. Okay, now I saw some stuff on there. I saw uh, yeah. Denise Richards. Denise Richards is in it, okay. and uh, a lot of fun, great movie. It's kind of like Freaky Friday uh -huh. uh, meets Shallow Hal, uh -huh. which was one of my favorite yeah. movies. Shallow Hal was great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty terrific, and uh, I was just there working on that, and then drove from there this morning to here to do this, and now driving back to Nashville Gonna grab Alicia, and first thing in the morning, we're driving back to Louisiana so we can start Christmas cars on Sunday. There you go. Ah! But you wouldn't have it any other way, would you? No, know, I really wouldn't. Yeah. I really wouldn't. Yeah. Nope. Well, man, we're gonna let you get back on the road, but yes, sir. But thank you so much for taking the time to join us, You're man. Right. And uh, we'll we'll catch up down the road here once. John Schneider. Yes, uh, and uh, get 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 online, JohnSchneiderStudios.com. That's me, JohnSchneiderStudios.com. Be prepared for Christmas cars. I promise. If you like the Dukes of Hazard, you are going to love, love, love Christmas cars. Yeah. Same feel. You know who we have as the Balladeer? Johnny Lee. Oh, how about that? Yeah, because he's got that same kind of wry sense of humor that Waylon had. Yeah. So, well, old, old Denver, I'm not sure he knew what he was doing there. But yeah, it's going to be terrific. That's beautiful. All right, I'm out of here. All right, Thank brother. You. Thank you so much. You'll be good. Yeah, yeah hey. I'll see you again. See you down the road. And now a couple cuts from John Schneider's performance at the Shepherdsville Music Barn in Shepherdsville, Kentucky. 
How about this room? This is a great place. The folks here are so nice. So, so how about a round of applause for them? The, the, my gosh, what a show they put on. I drove up here today and I thought I was coming into the boar's nest. I was shocked at how big this room was past the, uh, past the front. Yeah, I thought, this is really great. This is where real music happens, right? This is, this is just so wonderful. Uh, I'm going to do some songs to remind you of, uh, of some music. See if you remember these. This is from, from the Duke's period. Okay, and then there's another one goes like this. Let me make sure I know which way to turn this button. Can you hear this, David? Oh, yes, indeed. Turn that down. Hush, don't talk now. It won't change anything, thank you anyhow. That's hard to do. Just hold me while the shadows bring us near. Well, I know you're not in love with me. I'm not asking you to be. And there's no use pretending why we're here. heard you laugh. You don't need to try and fool me. <laughs> you don't need to lead me on. You don't need to say you love me. Cause I've been around enough to know. So, thank you. So that was my first song that I, uh, that I recorded on MCA in Nashville. Uh, and before that, I did some music uh, that was called, I think they called it Bubblegum. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, but one of those songs that I did is still the number one, or, or the top charting Elvis cover. So the number one charting Elvis cover of all time. It got to number four. And I'm not going to play it, but I'll do it because the chords are too difficult for me. <clears throat> but it's, it's now or never, come hold me tight. Yeah, so that was during Dukes. Talk about strange, right? Here's the guy driving the General Lee singing an Italian song that Elvis covered. But uh, it's, it, was, it was really good. Uh, so that got me into music. And uh, actually, prior to Dukes of Hazard, I was doing music for tips playing with my guitar in, in little bars and pizza joints in Atlanta and playing songs like this, which for me, it's all about the words. And the words have to be very simple. Well, I know it's kind of late. Hope I didn't wake you. What I gotta say can't wait. Hope you'll understand Every time I tried to tell you The words just came out wrong So I have to say I love you In a song Yeah, I know it's kind of strange 
But every time I'm near you I just run out of things to say Hope you'll understand Every time I tried to tell you The words just came out wrong So I have to say I love you in a song Thank you. So later, when, uh, when I've Been Around Enough to Know came out, they put it out without my name on the label uh, because they wanted the song to either sink or swim based on its own merit. What is that in my pocket? Okay. <laughs> Hot water. But it was, I say it was cold when I put it in there. <laughs> yeah! Maybe there's an app for that, you know, the swipe. Uh, <laughs> card reader. Um, stop it. <laughs> but after that song came out, uh, <laughs> They didn't let anybody know it was me until people started requesting the song. It's a really great song. It was written by Bob McDill and Dickie Lee. They've written a bunch of number one songs. And that song went number one. So the song that came out after it uh, was this one. I've been to California Where the ladies thank you so fine See, it's really hard to do that. They can take a long-haired country boy Softly bend his mind Made love in New York City Where they dress in silk and pearls Oh my Lord, I swear there's nothing anywhere That's better than you country girls Cause country girls are sweeter than Tupelo, honey And country girls warmer than a job yeah, they know how to touch you, know how to love you, take you right out of this world. And I'm so glad that God made country girls. Yeah, I'm so glad that God made you country girls. So a, a good song is a good song, no matter who sings it, <laughs> obviously. Um, so it's, that was also a number one song. So I'm very, very proud of that. Did you remember, tell the truth, did you, I know you remembered the song, but did you, did anybody not know that was me? Okay, good. It's getting better. Because I, I swear, for the last 30 years, I'd come and I'd play, and, and, and people, first thing people'd say was, I didn't know you sang. <laughs> and I know that song, but I didn't know it was you. 
So then I played this one. I don't need someone for new inspiration. I don't need a strong drink or two. No soft lights, no music, or warm conversation. There's no substitution for you. Cause I've got all that I need to be happy. Your love makes everything right. You're the first thing that I'll need tomorrow. Thing I needed tonight. You're the last thing I needed. You always are. I can't wait for the day to end. You're the last thing I needed to hold in my if I should never wake up again Now I'll always find you Somewhere in my dreams I know when I close my eyes You're the first thing that I'll need tomorrow thing I needed tonight. You're the first thing that I'll need tomorrow. And the last thing I needed tonight. so much um, I so appreciate that that was a number one song too so there was a lot of number one songs out there back in the uh, in the 80s for me and then I stopped for a long long time raised a family and just last year uh, Alicia my smile and I if you watch Dancing with the Stars you know Alicia is my smile and uh, yeah thank you ta-da oh wait well, it depends on, you know, this is one dance and this is another dance. I never had to think about what my left little toe and my right pinky were doing at the same time ever in my life before I did that. And uh, it was tough. I lost 26 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, I, I went in like John Wayne. I came out like Jimmy Stewart. It was... It was a... <laughs> But uh, it was a great, great time, and I enjoyed almost every minute of it. But um, Alicia, uh, we had a flood. In actually, we had two floods in 2016 in Louisiana. That's where we live. And uh, hey, David, there's a big hum up here. Do you hear the hum? Do you hear that up here? Yeah. Is it me? No. Wait a minute. 
<laughs> no, nothing else back there. Oh, that was great. Whatever that, just stick some gum in that, whatever that fader is. Oh, no, there it is again. Stop that. It's gone now. It is gone now. All right. You don't even know what you did, do you? I don't have a clue. Okay. <laughs> but uh, so, Alicia, uh, I was sitting in our, our destroyed living room one day playing my guitar that uh, had gotten wet. And actually, about two weeks later, it actually fell apart because it had gotten all wet. It got, it got put back together, which was good, because it's a 1930, not this one. Uh, it's a 1936 Martin guitar that I bought back at Gruen Guitars in 81. But I started, I was playing the guitar, and I was, you know, playing the blues. And she came in to talk to me, and I put the guitar down, and she said, why do you do that? And I said, well, you know, playing the guitar makes me feel better. And she said, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean why did you pick it up. I asked you why you ever put it down. Because she obviously paid attention and knew that playing the guitar made me feel better. So from that point on, we did a, uh, we did a record called Ruffled Skirts, which is about the floods and about people joining together uh, in the face of adversity. Um, which was great. And I had not been in the studio. We actually recorded it in that room with a, with a torn up, all messed up, 100-year uh, uh, pecan hardwood floor that had gotten destroyed in the, in the flood. But we did that record, and then I just got so, I got the bug so bad, and I, I remembered how much music meant to me. And we have since done... 82. We've done, because we just finished a gospel inspiration record, we've, we've done a hundred songs now. It, and, and that's since 2016. Yeah, August. So there was not much of 16 left. Yeah. So if you find somebody that can, can understand you, that pays attention, that motivates you, that makes you want to be better at whatever it is that you are, and recognizes that you need to put something in the hole in your soul where your music or your tractor or whatever it was used to be, hang on to that person. And uh, this is one of the new songs. Oh, and we also redid all of those songs that you just heard. Uh, we redid those. It's called John Schneider's Greatest Hits Still. So check them out. Country Girls, I've been around enough to know. Uh, Love, you ain't seen the last of me. That one's in there. I just keep coming back to see if I can capture the dream. That was the last song I released on MCA, and you could see it was going a little more southern rock. It was getting a little away, away from, maybe I've been wrong to stop and think it over. Nothing wrong with that either, right? Every time I thought of leaving you. I'll do this one. You've always let me know the door was open. Decided that we were through the oh, Merle Haggard period. So I'm gonna leave you tomorrow. I've had enough, and that's all I've got to say. Yes, I'm gonna. 
gonna leave you tomorrow That's the same thing I said yesterday Thank you! Did you know that was me? These words are important to me because I was angry. <laughs> and you know, you got to let some of this stuff out, but it's so much fun. This is a great song. It's been out for a, uh, for a little while, and, but I think it's really going to hit this summer and do well. Count it off there, Brian. to me so I got gone got tired of that road I was traveling on between the judge and the jail and my future ex-wife Lord it's a wonder I'm still alive up all night up all day up here living my life my way don't give a damn what people say up here living my life my way up here living my life my way gotta go to hell hat Appeared this long. Cowboys white lightning, I'm sipping on. Yeah, a good woman thinks I hung the moon. Bring out my guitar and I play her a tune. Yes, I'm up all night, up all day, up here living my life my way. Don't give a damn what people say. Cypress knees. Way off the grid where there ain't no map. We don't care, we like it like that. Up all night, up all day, up here living my life my way. Don't give a damn what people say. Up here living my life my way. Up here living my life my way. And fishing, skinning, dipping, port swinging.
goodness gracious. <laughs> Did you see my dilemma? There was water here, but I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't reach it. Okay, let's do, uh, let's do uh, Walk a Mile in My Shoes. This is a song that I had the great pleasure of doing on, uh, on Dancing with the Stars. Good thing I didn't have this guitar chord on Dancing with the Stars. I'd be stepping all over it. But uh, this is one of those great, stars. great country songs. <laughs> Someone had to say it. Say it louder. What'd you say? Said it'd be tripping with the stars. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was good. <laughs> that I'll was show good myself one. out. It's just... <laughs> okay. So Emma and Sasha tri or danced uh, to this one, and I uh, hope you like it. It goes a little something like this. Hey, 
Isn't country music fun? Isn't it fun? Just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Come on, Tim, play it. Oh, I like that. Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curves Flattening the hills Someday the mountain might get on Making their way They only way they know how That's just a little bit more Than the law would allow I'm a good old boy You know my mama loved me But she don't understand They keep a show in my hands And not my face on TV Okay, Andre, take it, buddy
just a few minutes. Thank you so much for your patience. And those were the sounds of our good friend, John Schneider. Be sure to check him out at johnschneiderstudios.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to Fastline Fast Track at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or iHeartRadio. Also, follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube, and add our Spotify playlist to your library for music from past, current, and upcoming guests of the show, including John Schneider. Also, don't forget, harvest season's right around the corner, and if you're in the market for new or used farm equipment, make sure you make your first stop, FastLine.com. Check out our equipment locator with the new look price comparison tool with the Iron Average powered by Iron Solutions. Again, that's FastLine.com. Be sure to join us next time for award-winning ag industry coverage and the best in true country music presented by the Ernest Tubb Record Shop in Nashville, Tennessee. Until next time, it's Brent Adams saying y'all come back and bring along a friend. You've been listening to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group. To learn more about Fast Line's customer-focused marketing solutions, visit FastLineMediaGroup.com and check out our brand websites, FastLine.com, BigAg.com, and PinkTractor.com. If you have topic suggestions for future podcasts, drop us a line at Brent.Adams at FastLine.com.